Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, it's it took us a while to get... <laughs> To get to this one, this was quite the weekend. Um, yeah, yeah, it was um, uh, a shitty weekend for both of us, right? It was. It was was terrible, and because I, uh, I and I suppose it's been a long time since I've been excited about a project. I think the last thing that I can consider was a big project for me was when we started the the podcast, like. You know, I spent weeks doing my researches and everything and blah, blah, blah. And when we were ready to record the first episode, I was, I was like, so excited that I literally could not sleep. <laughs> and, and, you know, now that I, I, I can see how the studio is coming together and all of the possibilities that we'll be able to accomplish for the YouTube channel, you know, I'm... I'm having trouble falling asleep because the, f the first half hour of lying down, it's just thinking about what we could do and what we're going to need. And you know what I mean? So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. That's good though. You know, That's good. To be honest, to be honest with you, I don't understand how people can reach adulthood and not have something on of their own. Like, I don't understand the people that can only do work, 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 and, and that's it. I, 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 this, what we do, for me, is not work, and that's why I enjoy it. Yes. Yes. I agree with you. Yeah. It's, uh, and I, I don't know either. I, I think maybe those are the people that when they get to retirement, they, they die after six months of retirement. Yeah, yeah, you know, if yeah. they ever get there. I don't know. It's, I have never been interested in giving my entire life to the company store, as they say. Yeah. I, I look around and I feel like I can't say, well, I'm bored. You know what I mean? Because... I, I've got so many things that I do that are for my own satisfaction. I mean, we do the podcast together. I enjoy editing, which most podcasters don't. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy editing. You know, I have my guitars, and when, you know, nothing else pans out, I can always strum on one or two, you know. I have my books, and, you know... I've got quite a few things, and then I look around to my neighbors, and really, the only thing they seem to do for fun is mow the lawn and <laughs> walk around picking up little leaves and shit, and I'm like, what the fuck kind of sad life is that shit? <laughs> it's funny when you were talking about that, because the first thing that popped into my head was all they do is mow their lawns. Yeah, yeah, that's that's sad, Jocelyn. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, <laughs> I think we should go ahead and get started with this, right? <laughs> this is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. 
Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming. My name is Graham, and of course, with me is the co-host that is better than yours because she is my co-host. <laughs> Her name is Jojo. Hello, Jocelyn. How do you do? <laughs> We're getting a how do you do this week, and uh, I. I it literally felt like something was missing. So, thank you for for not forgetting how to do this. Week. You're very you're very welcome. I I, 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 wrote, I had notes. I had a big sticky note. Make sure you how do you do. <laughs> I, I, I'm kidding. I <laughs> Make sure to how do you do. <laughs> All right. And so this week we are talking about a sort of like a masterpiece if you will of the great spike lee for netflix and uh i think Jocelyn, you'll be surprised to, to know how i feel about this movie uh so it, it will make for an interesting conversation <laughs> <But> we are <laughs> uh we we are talking about the five bloods who which is of course a movie by Spike Lee came out on Netflix, uh, I believe, on June twelfth, didn't it? I believe so. Yes, yes, June twelfth, worldwide. And, yes, and uh, yeah, we, we, we'll talk about it. We will, you know, if you are one of those people for whom Spike Lee does no wrong, you might not wanna listen to this episode. Having said that. I'm not going to sit here and just shit all over the movie. Uh, but I am going to be entirely objective with the way I I view this and what I think of it. So allow us to do so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jojo, tell me overall, what is you, what do you think of The Five Bloods? Well, I, I have to start by saying that I feel so unqualified to talk about this at all. I'm not a black man. I had an uncle in Vietnam who went to Vietnam, but I really don't have any close connections to the Vietnam War. I honestly, shamefully, don't know very much about the Vietnam War, you know, beyond what we're all taught in school. So that being said, I, I, I feel woefully inadequate. I... I found this a difficult movie to enjoy. I don't know if that's the right word to use. I'm not going to say that I disliked the movie. I, I, I guess I found it a difficult movie to watch is right. Is what right. I'm trying to say. Like I said, I, I, I feel woefully inadequate, but I am going to do my best. <laughs> well, if we are going to talk in, in, in that respect, if we are going to talk about adequacy, let's remember that I too should feel completely inadequate to talk about this. But just by the mere fact that, as you said, at least you had an uncle who went to Vietnam. But I w was born in Haiti. And, you know, I don't... Ha I, I have a lot of family members nowadays in the military. But at the time, in the U US military, but at the time I did not. So I don't know. I don't have anybody close to me that went to Vietnam. But also, I 
think that even those who had a close family member who went to Vietnam might not know a lot about Vietnam because, let's face it, not a lot of war veterans talk about the war. No. <laughs> it's not their favorite subject. <laughs> no. And so what we know is what we know from history and from stories that have been told from documentaries and uh, some movies that are woefully inaccurate. But I will definitely agree with you in that this was a difficult movie to enjoy as a cinematic event. I was I enjoyed the the cast especially Delroy Lindo which we are going to talk about a lot. Yes. I enjoyed the cast. I enjoyed a lot of the cinematography. Yes. But I had a problem with storyline. I had a problem with plot. I had a problem with the incredibly tragic that the movie was all throughout. I don't know if I'm even making sense. It's just that I um I, I was I was finding it that every story, every part of the movie had tragedy all over it. And whenever you expected something good to happen, it just it just went south. Yeah. Always went south. Yeah. And I think that if it weren't for the these five, in fact, if it weren't for the five gentlemen who played those roles and the rest of the cast, this movie could have well been a, sort of a waste of time for uh, Spike Lee. Yeah. And that to me is a bit disappointing. Yeah. So, if you would, Jojo, in the way that you can only do, give our listeners a bit of of your views of what this movie is all about. This one's this one's going to be harder than usual because there is so much that happens. So I'm I'm going to do a really a quick flyover. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the 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 movie begins at the height of the Vietnam War. There is a squad of you have U.S. Army soldiers. Five and they have dubbed themselves the Bloods. They call themselves the Bloods, hence the the five Bloods from the title of the movie. They go on some kind of a recon mission and they discover a shipment of gold. Something happens. We don't know exactly what, but they end up hiding the gold. One of their leader, their squad leader, is is killed. And this story is them now in the present day. The movie is about now them now in the present day coming back to Vietnam to retrieve the gold that they have hidden. Um, they believe they can find it now due to satellite imagery. And they've hired people to help them find it. And they kind of have a whole plan set up. And then it's kind of how everything, as you said, goes south. Yes, in South, it does go. Yes. So the reason why I'm, I'm a bit disappointed in this movie is because 
We are accustomed to Spike Lee giving us something to talk about for a long time. We are accustomed to Spike Lee being more than a director, a freaking artist, mm -hmm. in that everything he does has the Midas touch. Mm -hmm. And I have, if you'll indulge me, Jocelyn, I, I have the same sort of disappointment I had with Scorsese and the Irishman mm -hmm. <laughs> that I that's the same kind of disappointment I have with Spike Lee and the Five Bloods in that I felt like and maybe it's not Spike Lee's fault maybe it's a question of the screenwriters and the scripts and the whole thing but they put such a heavy load on the cast that it became like you can only see what you see because of the cast. But the story itself did not go anywhere. I don't even know if I'm making sense. But it's like when you, if you watch The Irishman, a three hour and a half movie, and you have so many different timelines, right? And I felt like with The Five Bloods, you also have different timelines, except that much like the Irishman, somebody decided, you know what? These dudes have looked the same for the past 30 years. <laughs> and we're not going to make any effort at showing you that back then they were younger, how they looked young when they were younger. We're not going to go through the trouble of casting younger lookalike actors that could play these, uh, you know, flashbacks, and then we'll concentrate on them in the present. We're just going to have them dress up and go to the sim simulated jungle and be themselves 30 years ago, except with the same, you know, gray beards and, <laughs> and the steps of a sexagenarian and uh, I, I, I don't understand who was behind that. Do you know what I mean? I, I do, and I, I, I see your point, and I, I know what you're talking about. I, I have to disagree with you a little bit on it, though, because I, I actually enjoyed that part of the storytelling, because to me, it was symbolic of them never actually leaving Vietnam, that in their heads... They are the same. We're seeing them in flashbacks. In their heads, they are the same. They are the same 20-year-olds that were there when all of that went down. So we see them as old men when in the flashbacks. But to them, they are young men. And I see it as symbolic of them never actually leaving Vietnam, but being sort of stuck in this loop of memory of of the Storm and Norman being young and staying young because he died there. But them continuing to age and get older because because they they never left Vietnam. Even though they physically did, they spiritually didn't. I'm not making any sense. Well no no absolutely this is, actually your way of seeing it is it has more nuance than my incredibly literal way of, of looking at it. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, 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 like I said, perhaps it's I, I am 
focusing energy on the wrong thing. But yeah, that, that's what I was seeing. And now that you, you put it this way, it makes like far more sense than what I saw in the movie. And now I am wondering if a lot of people saw what, what you just explained, the way you just explained it, or just saw the raw mistake that I saw. But it is actually quite appealing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know in The yeah. Irishman that, that they kind of use CGI to change them and, and that sort of thing. And I found that very jarring, and I did not enjoy that at all. But to me, this not changing them at all, to me, was it felt very symbolic in the fact that in their head, they're 20, and they are still living this fight, this firefight that happened so long ago. But our, our outside bodies change, you know? In, in our heads, in all, in our, all of our heads, we're probably all 25. That's the image we got left with. And then we see our old self in the mirror and go, oh, my God, who the hell is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but I don't know. Um, I did like, too, the, no. the, the change of cinematography in the, in the flashbacks in that they actually used, apparently, vintage film and vintage cameras to kind of give it that grainy 70s look. Yeah, I mean, again, that's it's Spike Lee doing Spike Lee, but you know, I I feel like I was stuck in a in a in a dead zone that you've sort of like rescued me, because like I said, this was my biggest disappointment, and I failed massively to consider this point of view that you've just you've just expressed and now that you say it i just seen all the way but seeing it the way you just saw it and hopefully that's what they were doing <laughs> and not necessarily the absolutely gigantic mistake that i thought it was <laughs> I, uh, um, I don't know i don't know what they were trying for i i, I know the way i took it uh, but i uh, certainly I played ignorance, so. <laughs> uh, your ignorance is good, man. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> right, so let's go ahead and, and talk a little bit about the, the, the story in itself, and I don't want to dwell a lot on it because you can't do that without spoiling it for people. Yeah. But, you know, some parts of the story kind of got a bit predictable for me. I agree. And I feel like the writers decided we are going to write a story about five dudes, but we are going to simply magnify two characters and then the rest of them are just going to be in the background. Yeah. And I felt like that was a waste of, of, of the talents of Clark Peters, Norm Lewis, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Because I'm not going to sit here and say that Dale Roy Lindo is not one of the best freaking actors out there. I mean, he just demonstrated that by, by five times or ten times or whatever. But he wasn't able to do that because he had a freaking character that was incredibly compelling. 
wasn't it? Yes, and complex and surprising and yes, he he acted the hell out of that role. My God, he was. I mean, this is a thing of you know, Golden Globes, Oscar, and all kinds of shit. Yes, you know. Yes, and and so I I enjoyed that, but. Where was the complexity in the other characters? The, the other characters were were too passive and 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 sort of like there, but not there. Yeah, it, you know, it felt very much to me that they were kind of background to kind of flesh out the story and to I don't know, very two dimensional. Which is a shame because you have a great cast and they all had a great story. Yes. There, there was the possibility of a great story for each one of them. Um, yes. And I felt that that could have been... Each one of them had the ability to be a Delroy Lindo as Paul. Yes. And I feel like we deserved that because why? if it's going to be the five bloods, let it be five Yes, that's that's all I'm saying. That's exactly like I said that last week, Jocelyn. You'd be saying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but say that, but you'd be saying stuff, and that's that's what I'm talking about. Like the five bloods have to mean something, and not just two absolutely fantastic characters and three, just as you once said. Refer to someone wet napkins. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, and 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 I think I feel like there was a little bit of intellectual laziness in the in the screenwriters, because for instance, Clark Peters, uh, Otis, right? Mm-hmm. Otis had a beautiful story with that yes. baby girl yes. born in Vietnam, that romance with a former street walker and the whole thing yes and i'm like i want more of this yes i, I want more of this i want to see where this ends yes right i wanted to know more of his story i agree yes norm lewis i feel like we didn't really get to hear a whole lot of his story at all as eddie yes and he's a great actor and i would have liked to have seen you know what made eddie tick yeah yeah and, and he was like the most passive of, of all of them. Yes. It was like, what? This guy is a former soldier. Why do you take all the complexity and, and concentrate it in one actor? Ch- Chadwick Boseman, who you could call him like a supporting actor, <laughs> a supporting character, even the Storm and Norm was the, the, the name that was mentioned the most, the objective of the entire film. I mean, Chadwick Boseman had more of a of an appeal than than the rest of those characters, and he had been dead for almost forty years. Yes, his character had been dead for almost forty years. Yes, I don't understand what happened there. I, like I said, it's important to it's important that you know listeners understand. I would not go out there and say this is a bad movie. And if you are, if you, if what you're getting from this is that, oh, this is not a movie worth watching, then you're absolutely wrong. And, and 
I'm sorry if we are giving you the wrong impression. I think Jocelyn has made it perfectly clear that this movie is a fine movie. And I, I have my contentions with the movie, but this is a movie that I would watch again. Because, for instance, the music in this movie is absolutely marvelous and it's it's almost sitting there and listening to a Marvin Gaye concert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Marvin Gaye is featured beautifully, the music of Marvin Gaye in, in this in this. What do you think? Yeah, I I agree. It's it's lovely and fitting and uh, nice to see a well, I haven't seen a whole lot of Vietnam movies, but nice to see a Vietnam movie where CCR is <laughs> the only thing playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, no, the music was lovely, and uh, I I recommend this movie, and I think people should watch it. I think it's an important movie, but don't expect something that's easy to watch. I don't think it's difficult, or it was difficult for me. It was not. A joyous ride. Joyous ride. It was not a a buddy film. It was. It is very heavy, and as you said, everybody is carrying such a load of pain, and sorrow and sadness. And I feel that occasionally, much as you can in life, but I feel that the movie became a little mired in that, and maybe lost some of the hopefulness that. I would have liked to have seen, not that I would have wanted a happy ending. I'm not talking about that sort of thing, but I, I don't know. The, I feel like the original reasoning for, for hiding that gold was to use it for a higher force, if you will, a higher power. A higher purpose. A higher yes. purpose. And yes. I feel like that in some ways was sort of scattered to the wind. Yes, 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 you're, you're right. Some of the final scenes here also, uh, f for some reason for me, looked a bit improvised in that, shit, we don't know how we're going to end this. And so why don't we just go through some shit that's happening right now and take some footage and insert it here and call it a day? And I'm not, I'm not necessarily mad at that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But but it was like, well, that's not what I was, that's not what I thought was agreed upon. <laughs> but this is how it ends, <laughs> you know, and I'm not going to give it away. <laughs> but I, I don't know if you see if you see where I'm going. Like, it's just like, oh, really? Is that what, what, what ended up happening? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the, cast and well, I think we've already been talking about the cast <laughs> we have yes I think everybody is familiar with Delroy Lindo what I didn't know is that my dude is English born yeah. <laughs> he, I had no yes. idea he, he is British and, from London uh, look at that <laughs> yeah of Jamaican parents, and I think when he was 18, he moved to Canada with his mother and went into acting, and uh, that was it, <laughs> you know. But I've, I've been seeing this guy for pretty much my entire life, 
And I would have never suspected at least that. In fact, I've never seen him refer to himself as an Englishman. Yeah. And you know that at some point it always comes out when somebody's from England. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow it, 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 it cracks in there, you know. But no, uh, Mr. Lindo doesn't do that. What do you think of Jonathan Majors just being inserted there and then all of a sudden created his own little pocket of stories and stuff? I liked, I liked him in this movie. I did. I liked him too. I was confused when he first showed up because <laughs> yes. I was kind of like, how did you get here? And, and then I just realized it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's a movie. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to make sense of something that I don't need to, but he was, he's, he is very, very good in this and um, yes. very, very believable and very honest in his portrayal of such a hurt son. Yes. And yes. Um, kind of with the, the facade of you can't hurt me because I'm grown up now, but behind yes. the facade still being the little kid that is wants daddy to love him. Yes. That, that I mean, I, I loved him in this role and all the things you said, that's exactly what I saw. You know, this little kid who was like, well, if he doesn't, leave, if he doesn't love me, I don't give a shit. But I'm still looking for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they had some very good moments there, Paul and David. They had some very, very great, heartfelt moments that I think make a very good part of the movie. Well, another thing that was I was told is that the names of each one of the characters somehow ended up being the name or the names of of the singers of one of those groups from from the from the fifties. I'm not entirely sure if it's if it's the the Temptations or something like that. Oh. <laughs> like each one of them had a name of one of the singers from that band. But I'm I'm not entirely I can't remember the which group or which band it was at all. It looks like it may have been The Temptations because it looks like they had, they had Otis Williams, Melvin Franklin, yes. Eddie Kendricks, Paul Williams, yes. Remembers. Yes. So, yeah, yes. that's what it looks looks like that. Yeah, and I don't... Maybe that was coincidental or maybe somebody was really thinking about, uh, let's just drop this little nugget in there and see how many how people will get it. <laughs> but that was, that was absolutely dope, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Clark Peters is if you remember The Wire if you remember what was his uh, Treme was he was he in Treme on HBO uh, yes yes he was yeah he's Swiss The Wire Treme and, I mean he's been around and he has an absolutely fantastic pedigree um and that's why I'm mad that I, I, I didn't see more of his story because I know he could have fucking nailed the entire thing. And with the little bit he had as Otis, he did fantastic, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. He really did. Yeah, every time he was on screen, particularly when he was together with with the woman, um, 
yes. in in Vietnam. I, I wanted to see more of them together because they had lovely chemistry. Yes, yes, that was beautiful. Yeah, uh, Tien was the name yes. of the one. Yes, Tien. And you've already talked about Norm Lewis, who, as you said, uh, definitely would have wanted to see him. And his entire story ended really sad. <laughs> yes, it did. I'm like, oh, come on, please, no. You know what I mean? Like, come on. <laughs> ah. No, because he was... And here's a crazy thing, though. That happened right after we heard more of his life. Yeah. Right after we learned more of what became of him. Because... You know, by all account, he was like, yeah, the most successful of, of all of them and shit. But then we learned that that's not really the case. And I, like, I, like you said, I wanted more. I wanted to, I wanted to, to, to know a bit more about, about them. The one character, for instance, that we had no background whatsoever on him is the character that uh, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. played. Melvin. Melvin, like, so yeah, what happened with him, you know what I mean? Yeah, so we know yeah. that Paul went, went on to become, I mean, he had PTSD and he sort of like hardened and went on to become a right-winger, <laughs> anti-immigrant, Trump supporter, whatever. But the rest of them, we had a very, a very lightweight type of uh, background on them. Right. Yeah, very, well, I know I used it before, I probably overuse it, but very two-dimensional, very, very just, here's somebody here to help prop up the scenery and add a few lines to to move the story along, and um, I, I, I don't know, I, I wanted more from each one of them, I wanted to know everybody's story. I, I definitely wanted that, too. I... I'm going to say this, and I don't want to sound incredibly controversial or anything like that, but I felt like the introduction of Lamb with Melanie Thierry, uh, Paul Walter Hauser, and Jasper Pakonen was sort of a bit of a waste of time within the entire movie. Like, I, I, we didn't need them there. If they weren't involved, the movie still would have been good, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I, I agree, actually. I agree. <laughs> I, I don't really know what the point of them was. <laughs> I don't know. Because Unless like, it was like, let's just throw some white people in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's bad. I should, you can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like the moment that they were supposed to be it was their moment. It was supposed to show their expertise. The question was, so in what can you guys help? Well, in nothing, really. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? So what are you good for? Yeah. What's the point of you, <laughs> Mala? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know. Like, maybe that first scene with David meeting... Heady, that was it. That that would have been all of it for me. That's that's cool. But I don't know why they were they showed up there. No, I, uh, I didn't see any reason to involve them. They 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 had everything planned without them. You know, they had there was 
I, I don't know. I didn't get it. I, I didn't understand that, but. Yeah. So we had an appearance by Jean Renault, and I was like, yeah, no. I'd rather not know that he just looks like that now. <laughs> <laughs> what a tragedy, dude. That was a little bit of a shock for me, too, not going to lie. I was like, oh, oh wow. He, okay. Right. Like he went south. He went south so soon, though. So so quickly. <laughs> like I feel like I saw him last week, and he was great. <laughs> I know. It's like those that's things you know where somebody tells you that somebody died, and you're like, "But I just saw him yesterday. <laughs> they were fine." <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was right here, man. <laughs> He was right here, and he was 125 pounds. <laughs> and now he's like 90 years old and 250 pounds. Who did that? Yeah. I mean, like, like really? <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, uh, he, he, yeah, I was a little shocked. <laughs> so let's um, talk about this kid. I would have wanted him to be more in the movie Johnny Trinwen as Vin. Yes. I felt like he somehow he could have been the number six of the bloods. Yes. <laughs> that he 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 fit perfectly with them and, and probably I would have wanted him to take the trek with them. Uh, you know, that journey that they took. Um, does it make sense to have a perfectly capable tourist guide who seemed to be very empathetic and and had a connection with the group to just separate them, but uh, I get it, you know. Yeah. But fantastic actor, you know, and uh, whenever he was on screen, he shined. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And he uh, looks like he's mostly done stunt work. So that's that's equally... Extra impressive, I guess, maybe is the best way to put it, because, you know, you wouldn't maybe necessarily expect someone who's only done stunt work to be able to be a, an empathetic and, and great actor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he was he was really brilliant. Uh, I liked him. I think I want to call this more of a cameo than anything else, but how great was uh, Veronica Ingo as Hanoi Hana? She was great. Holy crap. She was great. It was so sultry and beautiful and bloody sexy, like a, a 1930s film noir. I Oh, God. Like she was absolutely fantastic. Yes. And the crazy thing is, I don't think Hanoi Hana, the real Hanoi Hana, sounded like that at all. <laughs> She was a shouter, yeah, if I, I remember correctly. I think so. If I remember, yeah, if I'm remembering correctly too. Yeah, I don't think it was a, a sultry thing, but. <laughs> <laughs> that, it, it, and if you want to, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to actually learn more about the story of Hanoi Hana, she, it's a fascinating story. If I remember correctly, she was American born. And captured in in Vietnam, and basically 
she was forced to serve like as the propaganda mouthpiece for the Viet Cong. Yes. But it wasn't anything voluntary, except that she managed to do it well. <laughs> but she died, I believe, about eight years ago in San Francisco. I mean, she returned to the U.S. and I think... She was pardoned because she was like sort of like accused of treason or whatever, but she was pardoned and, you know, lived in between fame and infamy or something. I, I, I'm not, I don't remember the full story because I've been reading shit and, you know, you get intertwined with all the shit that I've been, that I've read before. <laughs> but it's a beautiful story, to be honest with you. It's, it's, a, it's an incredibly compelling story yeah. that came out of, of the whole Vietnam War thing, so you should try and, and and take a quick look at that. And of course, we have Lee I Lan as uh, Tien, beautiful woman. Yes, yes, I, uh, I. She's incredibly beautiful, incredibly elegant. Just yes, just class. And and I don't. Yes. I'm not talking about money when I say class. I just mean class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you can believe that she was someone who at some point found herself walking the streets as a prostitute, but she wasn't destined to be a streetwalker. Yes. Based on her education and her, as you said, her classiness. Um, <laughs> the dude that played Oan, the sort of like the gangster... <laughs> He was funny because he was the only Vietnamese who actually spoke English with a Vietnamese accent. <laughs> and, and I don't know if, if, if that was him or if he just decided to do that. Because I know that a lot, of, a lot of actors playing, you know, foreign characters are walking away from, you know, the stereotypical accents and stuff. I, I remember a lot of the actors of Indian descent, uh, the South Asian actors, both in England and the U.S., have rejected a lot of characters, a lot of work, because Hollywood was asking for accents, and they simply weren't going to take it. And so I don't know if this guy decided to, to do that, or if, that, if he's actually a Vietnamese-speaking actor who, whose English comes out like that. I, I don't know. But I, I kind of found it funny. <laughs> kind of found it funny. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not seeing very much on his IMDP page. He's he's produced more than he's acted. So. And Sandy Wong had just a couple of appearances, but she she was a big part of the story, especially the story of Otis. So we definitely enjoyed her. Yes. As Michonne. Yes. And um, Chadwick Boseman, man. This guy is relatively young. Uh, I mean, he's probably, what, in his mid-30s? Uh, uh, let's see. He is actually 43. Is he? 42. 42. He'll be 43 this year. Man, this guy is... Everything he plays. I, mean, I my, the first time I ever saw this guy was playing Jackie Robinson. That's my, my recollection. I, mean, he, I could have seen him in, in more things, but the first time I saw him starring, 
uh, as you know the main character of anything was playing Jackie Robinson and I'm like this guy is great and then of course we know what his career has been since then you know from you know to you know, Black Panther all of that but he was marvelous yeah. on this one yeah he was he was very very good and I yes. you know found it very interesting the way of course Spike Lee decided to shoot everything that he was in and that he was sort of surrounded in an, a godlike aura of light because yes. of, of the way that they idolized him so that he, yes. he was their salvation and yes. uh, he was just he was great in it he was yeah, yeah he's, he makes that movie between him and Delroy Lindo, they they make this movie watchable, <laughs> and the rest of the guys are deserve to have more in the story, and you know, yeah. But but it is a great movie nonetheless. Yeah. Unless you know, if you if you if you want more, maybe go write a letter to. To Spike Lee or something. <laughs> Can you make a sequel and make it about the other guys? <laughs> we want more. We want to understand. We want to know more about their stories. Next thing you know, we have a a whole uh, the Five Bloods universe. Yes, yes. There we go. <laughs> well, I I think. Much in the same way that you say it was a difficult movie, it was a watchable movie, but a difficult one to enjoy. I think it's a difficult one to talk about, mm-hmm. and hopefully we've done our our job. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> I still feel woefully inadequate. <laughs> oh yeah, I, 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 I'm with you. I, uh, yeah, but again, we recommend this movie. Mm-hmm. There's no reason you should not watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And hope you enjoy it. If you disagree with us, of course, you can come back and tell us where we were totally wrong. Mm-hmm. But we'll just leave it at that, won't we? Yes, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. So we want, before we go, of course, ask you to follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. You can find Jocelyn on Instagram as... Jocelyn Podcast. And I am The Graham. No, actually, it's not The Graham. You find me as Graham. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Putzeta, M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. If you heard the conversation we had in the beginning, Jocelyn and I, we were talking about lot of things that we want to do with our YouTube channel and we're definitely you know working on these things and um, we have sort of neglected the YouTube channel because neither Jocelyn nor I have ever wanted to do anything on the channel that is not that is not watchable mm-hmm. I mean I know that it, the most important thing is content but we try to put out a quality content quality content in terms of our podcast and so we think that we should match that with the YouTube channel having said that 
please go ahead and take a look at what we've already we've already done in the channel. Subscribe so that you can be privy to, to what's coming up. And what else, Jocelyn? Um, I don't know. Lots of exciting things going on in the future. Yes, yes. Yes. We're working. We're working. We're working on it. And, you know, well, we just hope that you keep coming back. We, we thank you very much. I also would like to throw an apology out here for to all of our listeners. If you listen to our podcast regularly, you will have noticed that last week. Sound-wise, at least on my track, it was absolutely horrendous. And I debated a lot as to whether or not to put this podcast out with the way that it sounded. But I ended up deciding more about keeping the, the, the consistency of, of how our content comes out. And I know that it was bad sounding, but it wasn't enough to you know to say I can't hear this it's 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 damaging my, my hearing but you have listened listened to us for a while and you know that we're better than that and we've done better than that and uh, this was a mishap and uh, terribly sorry that happened and we'll continue to do our best to always put out the best sound that we can technical difficulties happen to the best of us <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. So for me and for Jojo, it is goodbye for now. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody. Bye.